0: Warning. 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 warning, warning, warning. Trigger, Trigger alert.
1: alert. She about to say some real shit. Spaghetti.
2: I am rolling like...
1: Bowling. <laughs> I could do this all day, honey. That was good. Did you know Um, um my kid it, it, it tells me he's an aspiring rapper? <laughs> So we are working out, like, different, you know, rhyme sequences constantly. Oh, good. yeah.
2: get that, it's got to get that brain work, working fast, man.
1: I mean. That's a skill set. It's a skill set. His dad is a, is a, yeah, is a low-key freestyle king.
2: Yeah, I've yeah. never heard him freestyle. Yeah, he's good. mean, I know you've said that before.
1: Yeah. I can, you know.
2: Tell him to revive it. Revive I know. Revive his career. i
1: i I was thinking we could be like the Partridge family. <laughs> The three of us. I'll be obviously the tambourine girl. I mean, wasn't the mom the tambourine lady? You could just be like a spice girl. <laughs> I'll just the dancer. I'll just the background dancer while they freestyle. They could like battle rap. Don't you think? Okay, so listen.
2: <laughs> yes, I say yes to I, all of it. I
1: mean, yeah, no, there, it's definitely a traveling a traveling show <laughs> at some point, right? When he improves a little bit better.
2: Yeah, you might have to travel. <laughs>
1: I'm driving the I'm driving the Airstream, time. obviously. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like the tour manager driver. <laughs> Security, <laughs> totally. Um, oh my God, it's New Year's Day! Can you believe it? Happy you're, New Year! Are you
2: listening to this on New Year's Day? No, you're listening to it on probably the day after New Year's with a hangover. Where at work? And New Year's Day is your hangover day, isn't it? Yeah, yeah.
1: New Year's Day but, is your hangover day. So
2: if you're hungover today, listening to us. Hi, welcome welcome
1: to 2020 baby
2: good on you this is gonna be the year
1: this is our year
2: Big. gang this is our year <laughs> all right we're going places either way <laughs> <laughs> we may be going to france or denmark i don't know but our- we're going places for sure
1: and let's make this year let's make it count
2: for real let's
1: make it count team come on
2: 2020
1: 2020 look got gotta yeah. have the vision
2: yeah hello <laughs> <laughs>
1: And speaking so of vision guy, and and
2: and visionaries, this guy today, Hugo, had, was a real visionary, right? I mean, oh, this
1: guy, you know,
2: oh, Hugo. <laughs> so, so our, I missed our, it. I missed this one. Yeah, Sorry. you were not.
1: You were not here to um, to sound engineer. To chime and, in and chime in. And tell you to shut up. Um, <laughs> I was. Um, I think I was very very respectful. No shut up was necessary. No, I'm
2: just kidding. But so
1: Hugo Martinez is. Probably um, responsible for changing the trajectory of the way graffiti was perceived and now is perceived, like early in the early 70s. Wow. Anyway, when I met Hugo a few months ago, I was asked to be in an art show, which is still going to be up until the end of February. Uh, at the Martinez Gallery on Broadway and uh, I believe it's 135th Street. Um, you can Google it, martinezgallery.com. Um, but I'm in a show with all of my compatriots from the early 90s, the the Bombers. And um, this is, you know, before the internet. And a lot of these guys don't really get their debt due and their dap. And they're really like owed a lot for changing again, after the train stopped and we moved to the streets, and we changed the way graffiti was written, like you know every every generation has their little right. thing, right. So it's a I was big ha- transition right. So I was happy to be in the show with my. My peers um, and I met Mr. Martinez, and I became very, uh, very intrigued with him and began uh, researching him because I was like, I have to have him on the on the podcast. He is so charming. I don't know. I I wouldn't mind doing a part two. You tell me what you think. Let's let's give a listen. <laughs> Okay, so today we're here with the visionary Hugo Martinez, and let's just get right into it. Brad is not here today. How dare he? But that's okay. Hugo's here. Where are you from?
3: Uh, a lot of different places.
1: Where are you? Where were you born?
3: I was born on 50th Street, between uh, across the street from uh, what used to be Madison Square Garden.
1: Oh, that's right. Um
3: then I moved.
1: Around. And you moved where?
3: Uh every place.
1: So every place in New York City or every place like in the world?
3: I think uh Madison Street, uh President Street, uh and Place. So you're more of like it,
1: a Manhattan. Inter- you're a Manhattan boy.
3: Intervale, Southern Boulevard. Oh, okay. All over all all over the three boroughs, Puerto Rico, back and forth. Okay. We used to move oh the Hotel Nevada, the Alameda, the Beacon.
1: So if you were gonna say I'm from I'm from I New can't, York City. I can't. But you would say I'm from New York City. Oh yeah,
3: from New York City, yeah, for sure.
1: Um and do you ha- have you ever felt like moving away from New York City? I mean, I know you, you spent some time in London, you spent some time in Puerto Rico, but do you always feel like drawn to New York?
3: Uh yeah, it's every place else is foreign. Yeah, yeah.
1: So you became a philosophy and sociology student? No, that's not true. So tell me, tell me about um, your your childhood and then moving into college a little bit.
3: We used to move around a lot. Like every three months, my parents would fight. And then my mother was independent and she had her own. I mean, she was a um, bilingual secretary, so she could get a job any place at that time. And she would just She'd pack t- up and leave. Pack up and leave, or my, throw my old man out, et cetera. Right. And we would move to another place. So I grew up all over the place. Nomadic. Yeah, very. All right. And then we ended up in Queens. Was My was teenagers. that a very
1: uncomfortable thing for you as a kid, or was it just like kind of like? Well, you couldn't
3: make friends, right? right because, because you would have, you'd leave. It wouldn't get deep, you know. Right. Like you know, yeah. Plus, I was an only child. Okay. So. Like that, and at that time in the fifties, growing up in the fifties, being Puerto Rico was really kind of like alien already. So there was a lot of alienation.
1: In in what respect?
3: Um, everything you saw on TV was um White. Not even white. It was like insipid or sterile or, Okay. You know, there was cool stuff. I mean the kids stuff was great. I used to watch TV all the time. Um, maybe ten hours a day. So I grew up on cartoons and and B movies. I guess that influenced my tastes. Right, and my my mother was really into uh, culture. She really liked music, especially in dancing. So, I guess that that that's where my frame of reference comes from—esthetics.
1: Um, well, yes, it, I mean graffiti is highly uh, influenced by comic book and cartoon art, one hundred percent. I mean, I. I feel. Like. I
3: would say American art is. Right. Unless it's, you know, like prior to 1950, all of the American art was essentially European influenced. Correct. And then, you know, there was a whole different kind of thing going on, but that was considered outsider or folk art or something.
1: Right. So now you're a teenager, you've been moving around and you're ready to start college. What was your thought process and what were your interests?
3: I would look at, it was the first year of open open admissions, so, because I had a, it took me five years to graduate high school. I went to Brandeis I graduated with a 65 average, so just barely but because of open admissions I was able to go to Manhattan Community College and then I got involved in politics or gangs organizing gangs I led a student strike or I was part of a student strike that closed down Queens College, the closed down Manhattan College, uh, Manhattan, rural Manhattan Community College, and City College. So, you know, I was an activist and made student unions um, at those three places or was involved in student unions. Then I went on to working with gangs in the in So, were
1: you yourself involved in a gang?
3: No. I liked the structure, The the. Kind of the, the protection of the a, a culture. They had their own culture. They had their own, um, what do you call it? Like a um, discipline, code of ethics. Uh,
1: Which weirdly like mimics sort of corporate uh, and business society in a, like a bizarre way. Like in its own it, sort of, of like it. natural.
3: There was a little more culture to it. Well, yes, of corporate course. Corporate culture is kind of, you know.
1: Also, very, very male. Um, as is the world. I mean, uh.
3: no, I don't. I don't know the world, but it was male. Yeah, all of the all the gang leaders were men. The women. It was a. There was a strange kind of yeah. Like there was what I noticed in the the, the gangs in the seventies is that it was kind of mixed in with hippie stuff. So there was free love. There was smoking pot. No hard drugs. Hmm. The style was kind of rebellious the same way. So I, I used to think, because I was a hippie, and I used to think, well, the hippie movement died. But when I started looking at gangs and graffiti, I said, oh, shit, it's kind of become pop culture.
1: So was there any formal uh, education curriculum about gangs? Going on in colleges in New York City?
3: No, not at all. When I started working with Graf, the, the head of the sociology department, I introduced it as a potential project to get credit for. And he, he said, what you're working on is, is an exercise in cannibalism. And I said, oh, okay. That's the end of sociology. So I stuck more to the philosophy. okay. It was less uh, restrictive, you know, there were constant ways of thinking about things differently.
1: And so you sort of got introduced to the idea of graffiti through gang culture, because gang culture was sort of activating, using spray paint, putting up their gang names.
3: I would say I first got into rock and roll, and and that led to wanting to know experience and work with um the masses or with popular culture
1: okay so you started becoming very interested in graffiti you're watching it sort of like sprout up around you and this is in the early 70s where it changed from putting up Gang names to a more personalized, individual... I don't, this. Think,
3: I don't think there's a through line.
1: You don't think there's a true line?
3: A through line, no.
1: A through line? Why?
3: Because gangs were doing... They weren't doing much graph. It was like a different... It was a different head. It was more um, tribal than graph was.
1: But don't you think graffiti's so tribal?
3: It's different. It doesn't. It doesn't... More of the, the tribe is more of an audience, and then I, I guess they go out together, yeah, but it's not the same thing as a gang. Everybody stands up together.
1: I don't know if I necessarily agree with you because I used to really argue like this isn't gang stuff, but the more the older I get, the more I realize it is gang culture, it doesn't quite have the same violent output, but it does. You know, there's there's an element very of violence
3: little, with graffiti. Very little. Compared to gangs. Compared to gangs, yeah. right. And gangs, and like, was like, if you talk to a president, like, like I, I worked with, I remember seeing, um, meeting the javelins, or bringing them, because what we did is, we got the, all the warring gangs to come up to Queens College one summer. So the way we did it is we had them reverse their colors. And in one of the classes, I think we were, we were going to do um, door-to-door urine analysis in the South Bronx. Looking for? Ty- typhoid, yellow okay. fever, okay. whatever. So, and the concept was that because the gangs are so disciplined and cultured and um, focused that maybe we can use that, rechannel it into some kind of good for the community. So... Uh, and I and I remember the, my assistant or my colleague said, "Okay, let's go to the next class," and nobody stood up. I said, "Oh shit!" So I, I I went to I looked at the president of, and I said, "Smiley, can we go to the next class?" He stood up. Everybody stood up with him at the same time. That doesn't exist in graph. That kind of fascist.
1: Well, yes, because it's it's an egocentric. Um, <laughs> Assertion, you know what I mean. It's not about the good of the gang. Correct. It's about me. <laughs> correct. Right.
3: Okay. That's why it's not a gang. For right. Me.
1: Right, but there are this sort of like gang aspects to it.
3: You could, but then if you, if you, I go, think you have you to really be like direction,
1: direction, in it. You have, yeah. like when you're in it, like you can see it.
3: But sort if you of? go in that direction, then you, 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 it's like. You, you can compare baseball teams to graph and it's
1: but you can but you can because they it's like the aff, affiliate groups
3: yeah republicans marxists sure sure oh, like
1: like a group of people is the earliest gang right <laughs> in you know mm-hmm. and um but i guess gang culture is specific to gang culture but i i mean in my opinion my humble opinion I believe that gang culture is the sort of like entree into writing graffiti in in begin- in the infant stage of of spray paint.
3: I can tell you historically that that um, some of the uh, Graff started in Manhattan and New York, um, and specifically Washington Heights, and the guys were mostly. Mm. Like they were in the Savage Nomads or the Galaxies. But it was kind of like they were part-time that. You either were one or the other. You were a graph writer or you were a, a gang. In a sense, it was like graph was a- an alternative to gangs.
1: Right, and it was a more positive alternative.
3: Well, yeah, unless you're a landlord.
1: In- <laughs> um, but... Yet, these graffiti writers it, during this time, this very like tumultuous time, like politically, especially in New York City, Correct. it's getting financial ruin. Like, New York is fucked up in the early 70s. It's still fucked up. I mean, it's still, it's constantly fucked up. I mean, your walk here, right? Like, you're in a sort of ritzy neighborhood and there's homeless people just laying everywhere. And people just step over them like they're Mm -hmm. trash in the street. No one cares.
2: Mm
1: -hmm. Um, These kids are really, like, looking for identity. And they use graffiti to sort of self-actualize. What do you think was missing from was the gang too much about we and not enough about me? And that's why certain people sort of uh, went to graffiti because they can sort of perpetuate it themselves. They don't need uh, the leader's permission. They can sort of act freely instead of being part of this very um, demanding and stringent uh, lifestyle of, you know following uh, the rules of, of a particular gang. Mm-hmm.
3: I think it's interesting that that we're... In other words, if we're talking about, say, uh, Impressionist art in the 19, early, late 1800s, early 1900s, we wouldn't talk about the cadres or groups or political situation let me finish okay let me finish so with graph there's always kind of uh, you have to compare it to something else because i think there's a sense of inadequacy
1: but there's also a non art aspect to graffiti
3: on any on any on any art movement
1: but, and you know, I remember I used to say when I was younger, I'm like, I'm not an artist, I'm a writer, I'm a graffiti writer, I'm not a graffiti artist. But yet, in fact, I was making art.
2: Right.
1: Um, But I think a, a lot of people don't self-identify as artists. They're vandals, they're making a name for th- themselves, and um, they're going to perpetuate their identity illegally. And... As much as, you know, I'm in the thick of it, there are non-art aspects to graffiti. So, as much as I do agree, it is
3: the most... What does that mean, though? There's non-art aspects.
1: There are people that don't consider themselves artists. Let's say they just do tags. Not saying their tag isn't a beautiful work of art, but they are out to, like... Destroy not destroy property per se. They are out to put their name everywhere and you know
3: Art doesn't have, art doesn't have to be legal.
1: Um but in most cases it was
3: I used to think that, but then if you look at say Modigliani's work, it was definitely illegal. You okay. know? It was like, you know, looking at nudes and using African art and it was not and not looking at nudes, you know, like an angel surrounded by, right. you know, Cupids and all this other crap. It was straight up. This is this is and this is a woman. And not only that, but the some of them, the vagina wasn't in the the wasn't in the right place. It was kind of like everything was kind of wrong. Mm-hmm. And I'm and I started thinking, you know, there must be something criminal about it. It was trickster. There's some. You know I, why would he take his all his sculpture and dump it in the river? And you know there was something Steve wrong. Is these artists, wrong. So yeah.
1: Okay, so graffiti started in Washington
3: Heights. Julio actually, actually, in uh, I think that's Inwood. Julio was from two hundred fourth. Two hundred fourth Street, right? Inwood. Yeah, and around sixty six, something like that.
1: No one knows who Julio is got, or where Julio, like, what's, uh, up, what's up with Julio 204?
3: There was somebody who knew him um, and who spoke out recently. They said he was Colombian. I always thought he was Puerto Rican, but he was, according to this, it, it seemed like a very credible source. He said he was Colombian. And I met somebody else. Oh, he used to have a writing partner. I think it was Tony 204, Tony 207. I met him, but he wasn't willing to talk, so I never got close to Julio. I never got to meet him.
1: So now you're in college, you're working um, sort of not on your curriculum, but on uh, activism, and graffiti piques your interest. Like, what, what was it?
3: I was in a class, um, a two-dimensional art class. Just because you know, I needed credits, and it seemed like a you know dumb, easy, a, easy, yeah, like a dumb, <laughs> dumb fuck thing to do. So, I'm sitting in the class, and everybody's talking about it, doing different things, and the professor mentioned, "Well, you know, why doesn't somebody do something on graffiti?" I had no, no interest whatsoever, and then he mentioned it again about a week later, and one of the one of the kids says, "Oh, my father's a yard master," and they they come in. And they go through the, they jump the fences or something, at Two Hundred Seven Street, the yard up there, and uh, and I still it didn't. And then he says, uh, "Yeah, there's some some of them are Puerto Rican, most of them are Puerto Ricans, Dominicans, Cubans, and, and Greeks, and Irish." I said, "Well, what? Greeks and Irish with Puerto Ricans, blacks and." That's not supposed to happen in New York. They're supposed to kill each other on site, right? If anything, so I said, "Oh no, there's got to be something here. This, you know, something is going. Something is being resolved." So that's what attracted me to
1: it—the unifying force of graffiti to sort of like go beyond yeah. ra- race and religion yeah. and sort of and have this commonal human commonality
3: and engagement, even if it's hatred. I mean, a lot of the guys they. A lot of the writers they survive on hatred. it's a it's a good replacement for love and bonding and all that all right to go over each other's names, the excitement all that other stuff there's a kind of
1: it's a tension.
3: it's love fest in right a way, right or right hate So fest.
1: hate and love are the same thing basically kinda, and graffiti yeah. kinda yeah um so that was a, so from like a philosophy sociological point of view, it's very interesting to see. Youth that have really not much in common come from different neighborhoods now, like sort of uh, forming uh, uh, friendships based around this illegal art.
3: Yeah, that has a lot to do with it for me. Okay, you know that was important, and uh, yeah, and that they were against private property. Uh, That was that's. To me, that's elemental.
1: Yeah, it, you know. it's sort of the m- most sort of important factor is that to me, to you, um, illegal graffiti beats a beautiful mural any day, and because of the heart that's involved in that and the risk. And
3: well, one is one is. Uh Decoration. If you're going to enter into a collaboration with the landlord, then it's you're decorating a space for the most part.
1: Okay. So now you're starting to go out and and seek out these these kids to figure out more. And so, what was your plan?
3: I didn't have a plan.
1: So you didn't have a plan. So when did like UGA United oh, I Graffiti saw, uh, Art? Uh, what, I,
3: what I did is I. I used to live on 89th Street, east um, or west, west side. Okay, and I think the I think the Beastie Boys came from that block too. Um, and after seeing this thing at school, I, I remember passing by the Ninety um, First Street Station on the train coming down from City College, and what I. What year got, did
1: that close?
3: What the the Ninety First Street? Station. Way before I was born. Long time. So. I got off. I, from my house, I walked to the end of the station. I walked through the tunnel, and I looked. At it, I was I was blown away. It was fantastic. It was, yeah, there's a
1: secret subterranean life going no, on down the, here.
3: The, the aesthetics. It was just okay. It was a lot of lot of different. a lot of passion, and it was definitely style. You know, it's just that first thing. That was the first time I was, I was convinced that this was. This was a m- much more interesting art form than what you'd see. And museums, because museums were now becoming like, you know, shopping centers or, or but like, uh, yeah, like uh, amusement parks.
1: In what respect?
3: Well, they're all, all of the museums, all of the galleries dedicated to um, engaging the rich. and Well, words, aren't they still? Yeah. Yeah. So – and, I, and that, that function of going to a gallery and seeing works on the – that somebody was – values, and it's kind of like going to a cathedral. Okay. So as opposed to that, then here's this other – It's window
1: shopping, basically. Like you're just you're – look, exactly. don't exactly. touch, you can't own it. Exactly. And, the okay. art,
3: and, then, and galleries, which you see is – you know, the artist kneels and prays that some rich person is going to come and buy his work. Her work, and that's the function of galleries. That they're essentially, you know, uh, they sell. They're the uh,
1: middleman. They're merchants. They're basically selling a product.
3: Well, worse than worse than that. It, that's 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 the kind
1: <laughs> the, the kind uh, words. Right,
3: right. Because they, yeah, exactly. They propagate this kind of relationship between the rich and you know artists. So that's the function of it. They commodify it so there's gotta there has to be a different function, and these kids were not interested in that function at all. They're interested in like getting to meet each other you know, looking admiring their work, having others admire their work there was no there was no marketing involved other than their own marketing I remember going in seventy seventy three or seventy two I went to you know some shishi party um you know with the uh, what uh, they used to call it a jet set, were, you know, like,
1: yeah,
3: like, like, like a Leonard Bernstein type of party, and I brought uh, SJK with me, and it was an hors d'oeuvre table, and uh, and he's looking, he says, "Can I eat, can I eat that?" I said, "Of course." So he grabs a chair and he pulls it up to the hors d'oeuvre table, and, and he uh,
1: uses one of the plates as his plate, right,
3: and he pours. On stuff, and he's sitting there eating at the order table. And I said, "This this is never going to work." You know, these are working class guys that don't fit into this, you know, bourgeois society. That All right, they got to walk around world. with like
1: a tiny porcelain plate. Yeah, exactly. With, uh,
3: exactly. Yeah, so, what I also noticed that women were talking to him. They kind of were endeared by that kind of naivete. You know, I said, "Oh."
1: It's cute.
3: It is, right? Uh-huh. So, uh, yeah. So, at the same time I was interested, I, I also recognized that they were never going to be accepted by the art world. Unless they really, really did a whole. It's very difficult. It's like begging
1: for crumbs. Like, forget it. No. How about no?
3: That's right. That's exactly what it is. And It's demeaning.
1: Yeah, it is. It's literally demeaning. Uh,
3: yeah, I used to, in order to find out what the art world because I, I, wanted to open up a gallery in uh, Chelsea. So what I did is I um, I invented a character. I already had a real estate license, but I invented a character where um, that would specialize in galleries. And I sent at that point everybody was in Soho, and I sent everybody a letter via fax in those days. Um, Soho was dead. And I had already done all my inventory in Chelsea, and I started to bring people up there. But I could have made more money outside of gallery business, uh, of real estate selling buildings and all that other stuff, but I needed to find out, I really wanted to find out what these people were like. You know, because they were always saying, oh, this person's nice, that artist is really nice, that gallery is really nice. So by being... The broker of one of the, the brokers of galleries in the art world—they confide in you, like like in the like in the '60s, you would confide in your with your hairdresser if you're in Hollywood, right? And, okay. All right, so they would confide. They want the real estate broker to be to be really impressed with them, you know. So they're telling you, and they they spill the beans. They're the most hateful, low life people. Ever imaginable they talk shit about each other all the time oh
1: of course
3: and w- and when it came to graph it was like it was they didn't even think of it as I mean they just considered it as something that's like filthy and 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 low life so
1: well that also was being perpetuated by the media via the MTA that like graffiti ah. was the visible like uh, excuse for New York falling apart. You know, mm-hmm. they just sort of um, really, like, burden the movement mm-hmm. with what else was going on in New York, which was, you know, disrepair and um, issues everywhere. And, you know, it was scapegoated on graffiti. Mm-hmm. Um, no,
3: but, uh, actually, the, the news was always trying to portray, like, they're always saying every sentence, every every broadcast, and that's why I stopped doing broadcasts, because they're always doing two things. One of them... Well,
1: they have their agenda.
3: Well, they're always saying it, that, and now it's, it's found in art galleries throughout the world, you know, and now they've made it in the art world. It's such total bullshit. It's like, you know, they were vandals, and now... You know, they're redeemed and you didn't have to pay for it. It's all, it all happens. It's all, now they're, they're good people. It's just such crap. Or they would try to focus on me as being the organizer or the founder of somehow these savages were discovered by this, you know, the sociology or philosophy. And now, you know, the, then the focus is no longer on the artist. It's supposed to be on me because I'm supposed to be the guy. So I always found that a bunch of twaddle you know you could never get them to just look at the art and say well this is you know this is really interesting art what's going on let's look at the dynamics of it how these people feel what's your background you know questions that are you know important like why stitch why did you paint oh his where's the name come from uh oh my mother was a seamstress and you know the Mm -hmm. stitch thing that was oh and and I was—I loved it in Cuba. I didn't want to come here. I was—I was raised under the communist society, in communist society. None of those things were ever dealt into. It was always okay. These are the the the, the street
1: urchin, the, the
3: these right, filthy. And now they're and now they're instantly redeemed. So the art. So the because everybody
1: meet, loves a simplistic fairy tale with a happy ending, and it just seemed like a neat little package to just correct. you know. Flop yeah, it, true. right? Like, mm-hmm. but um, don't you sort of need that weird simplistic narrative to introduce it to the culture at large that are not sort of like well-versed in what art is or, you know what I mean? Like the common, that's the problem. Were, is that, I, I would
3: never worry about the culture at large. Don't I don't give a fuck about
1: them? Okay. You
3: know? The masses. The masses are so controlled by media. The masses are asses. Yeah, you know. So no, I'd rather stick stick with. I'm I'm more. So interested you'd
1: rather be with the cultural elite,
3: with the the ones who are the the vanguard. Yeah, if they're. I was always interested in more interested in what change, influencing the vanguard than anything else. Because if you influence the vanguard,
1: right, then everything else follows. Right there, the leaders. Correct. Um, they're the people that that actually make culture and right. change culture.
3: And then grass starts popping up all over the city. Right. Like now, it's I can see it. It's getting hot. It's, you know, stuff is going on. Um,
1: well, graffiti now, here we are, right, 40, 50 years later, and graffiti... Is the you know, the biggest art movement in the in the world. And it is from car advertising to makeup packaging, like it's on everything. You wanna urbanize something, you just add some sort of graffiti element well, some, to it. Something
3: like graffiti is right. That, is I'm that just that saying
1: a, like the right. a representation of it's I'm sure it's fake graffiti. Right. Right? Remember I gave you those markers? I found these markers in a 99-cent store. They said, like, graffiti markers. They were just highlighters. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And they look like little, like, but bad graffiti letters, bad art. But it was called, like, graffiti markers. And I just, you know, Mm. it's interesting, though no real graffiti artist was involved in making that packaging, Mm. um, that it still has appeal to, like, a regular... Marker manufacturer that it's so big that it is used to sell magic markers legitimately. You know, I, um, we I, know we steal markers to write graffiti. Like, who's going to buy? Like a graffiti artist is going to buy graffiti markers? I don't think so.
3: Sometimes, yeah, sometimes. sometimes. Um, or hot. Um, yeah. I used. I remember having to tell. I had to tell the city. In order to protect the the, the writers, that we were, um, uh, no, that they were no longer painting on the streets. And that was important, political. I mean, politically, legally, because if I said no, I love what they do on the street, then they'd be watching you, and they'd, they'd be, be they'd be after you. Them. You're right. You'd be implicating so everybody. Okay. I, I had to do that. So then. Uh, but God, yeah, I'm interrupting you.
1: No, 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 no. I want to hear. I want to hear your your thoughts on uh, on what you're saying. But we can go ahead. Um, so, what is your personal like philosophy about graffiti? And do you have one? Like, what do you tell this like upper crust uh, vanguard? Crew of people that you're hanging out with in the infancy stage of legitimizing graffiti, um, you're asking them to look at it deeper, right?
0: Uh, but are they
1: looking at it as like a group of artists? Or are you are you like s- focusing on specific artists for them to look at, or was it just sort of like the the whole movement in general?
3: The way I, I pulled the guys together is to pick the ones that had the most originality. In, in those days, yeah, there were, there were some that weren't up as much as others, but they were considered like uh, mavens or uh, a fountainhead of talent. I would pick one of those, pick a, pick somebody who gets up a lot, somebody, but always looking for someone who had different, different style. An original style, the ones that did not get rid of eventually,
1: and so were you also attracted um to this art form because there were so many Latin artists?
3: I like the mix of all of the cultures. I always try to maintain a balance, even though I'm people so whatever, but I tried to, for example, in the first group, we had five Hispanics by the end of the first year five Hispanics five blacks it was even Um, and then there was a Greek and Tom was Italian I'd say three to four that were oh Slim was Chinese Pistol was Jewish we try to get a kind of because I felt that there would be more and then, tension and resolution, um, and women tried to get women in.
1: And so, what wh- were the, There were a lot of women participating in graffiti at that time. No,
3: it was Barbara, Eva,
1: who were like the kings.
3: Yeah, they were. They were. Everywhere, first level, first level, first
1: level, top, top tier, top,
3: top. Like with Joe, if you'd say Joe one eighty two, Babyface eighty six, you'd say Barbara Neva. Okay, probably before them. Okay, um, there were other women writers, but nobody that there was Charmin. There was some that said that, or will what about
1: say. what about Cowboy? Who Cowboy? Never heard of it. What about uh, Rocky? One eighty-four.
3: Rocky never painted. Graph. She painted maybe twice. She says she painted, but she never painted. She never painted shit. I was. I, not, I knew. I was a kid. I knew mean, Stitch. It was. I was there.
1: So, so really, there's. You're saying there's really only like three,
3: two. Charmin, eh, a little bit. A l- it was Barbara Neva.
1: It was Barbara Neva.
3: Yeah, because like think about it, working class women we were they were so. Well, yeah Res- I mean restricted to having like baby I, uh,
1: right I often think about mm-hmm. why they're why women don't want to write graffiti and there's, there's so many hurdles for them to jump over um in the non-graffiti sector Correct. that like to bring it into the graffiti um it just seems almost uh impossible yeah. but we can see it's not
3: <laughs> well I, I, I was walking down a down the street few weeks ago, and I saw a woman, um, 19, and she had friends with her that were, no, she was, yeah, she was more like 17, and her two friends were next to her, and she was pregnant, and it was like she was a queen, you know, like, she, they they were all over her, you know, and I said, oh, shit, that's what, they're being fed, that this is, getting pregnant and having kids at 17 is actually considered, like, you know, prestigious,
1: it is until you have the baby, <laughs> yeah. <So laughs> and I then s- nobody like cares. They're like, okay, whatever.
3: Yeah. So wow, that's I was like, hmm. How do you how do you communicate with that? How do you?
1: But don't you think globally, like that's what women were thought, taught, or you know, uh, a, yeah, and whether I think and that. that's where sort of. Um, you know, misogyny comes from is that you know women have the power to give life, and that that is very threatening to a non developed non developed man.
3: It's exploitative. It's
1: obviously, and it's oppressive
3: as well. Yeah, we I mean we know that.
1: Um, but it is a, a gift. To be able to give life like that, I mean, so shouldn't she be exalted? That in in a way, like so, it's like a complicated issue. Like, don't exalt her because it's really going to fuck your life up. You're a teenager, and yet you're making a human being inside of your body. Like, do you understand? There's like a there is there's a duality, a polarization almost of your of your choice
3: so say for example uh what we've done now is put i wanted to put art and medicine together so now how do you communicate to kids or to adolescents that having kids at 17 or 16 or 15 is has is problematic So I went. went,
1: They're not. Their brain isn't ready to handle. It's too much responsibility.
3: So I went to the artist. I said, "Let's do a brochure that deals with this, this, the subject." And one of the artists showed the woman as like this really cool figure, you know. And and I said, "Oh shit! Of course!" Instead of degrading. You know, say, "Oh, you can't, you can't do this. It's not good. It's uh, all that other, all that stuff." Instead, you like what you're saying. Embrace it and say, "Okay, look, I know how you feel. I, this is, but then there's these other implications." So as opposed to saying, "Don't" or you know, repress or suppress, you elevate that and then question it. You know, so. That's. I think that's the best.
1: It's the be, you have you have to elevate it and look at it as a, a miracle. Number one, imagine that that focus was given to these young women in other aspects of their life that they could now they can sort of control the situation hmm. they're being. Um, inducted into adulthood, because no matter how old you are, when you become someone's mother, you're the adult, right?
0: Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 upfront for three months plus taxes and fees. Promoting for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. So let's talk about
1: your uh, current gallery. I want to talk about all your galleries, but your current gallery is also... What we were just talking about is a is a pediatric.
3: Uh, it's a family clinic. It's a. Fa-
1: it's a family clinic.
3: Yeah, I got the idea from. Uh, I was reading. I think I mentioned this to you. I was reading a biography of Einstein, and in and it he said that at the highest level, art and science share the same language in terms of aesthetics, plasticity, and form. I'm not sure what plasticity is, but...
1: Being able, malleable, right? Oh, oh, sort okay. of oh, okay. yeah, yeah, yeah. being able to be manipulated. I'm, a, I'm assuming.
3: Good, good. Okay. So, I said, oh, well then, what happens, do they, can they kind of intermesh? In other words, can intuition and science actually speak on the same level? Have a dialogue? Maybe present solutions? So... And also, again, I just mentioned to you, I hate the function of galleries and this whole, all the, the stuff that goes with it, so let's change the function of art and how do you put art directly in touch with, in contact with the community and with, I mean, art is supposed to deal with problems and solutions, so let's see if it can help medicine. So I was talking to a doctor and I said... You know what's the? Why don't patients listen to the to their doctors? And she said, more importantly, why don't doctors listen to their patients? <laughs> so I said, oh, okay. So then I said, maybe the the artist can, and the art can help bridge that gap between the patient, the the doctor, and the artist. Maybe art in general, There's this a different function now. Oh shit! Okay, then art can maybe begin to resolve problems other than just private property the problems with private property so that's that's where we're we're at now this is my set my third experiment before i did what we did is we did one where we took a classroom in uh, in a high school and we converted that into the whole place became a blackboard and doing it like it was it like a Mix of graph and education. And the kids loved it. The mayor didn't love it. and
1: Who was the mayor at the time? Bloomberg. Oh, Bloomberg.
3: And also because we did the opening at, when he was going after charter school money. Oh, right. I, so I did it on... I specifically had the opening on that day. The day that he was meeting with all these wealthy people that were going to try to buy out our, our educational system. But anyway... Then I, I did a we did one in the projects where we took uh, uh their budget was the city, New York housing has a budget of renovations between tenants. I think it's nineteen thousand. So we did it for twelve thousand. We converted it into something that's really cool with art, with design, with architecture, within the budget of the New York City Housing Authority. So that pissed off the mayor again. Okay. And then we did another one. I forget what what, what it's, it's. So it was like I was looking for ways that we could do different shit and convert different spaces into a different function. So that, ergo, we ended up with art and medicine. Does that explain it? Okay. Does that get answer your question?
1: Do you think that there, um. Do you think that this is a much different experience for the patients than if they were to go to like a more sterile
3: environment? Well, for both parts. In other words, the artists now are they see themselves in a kind of different function. There, you know, they're, right? They're, they're
1: helping with he- in in healthcare.
3: Not only that, but they're also making new generations of graph writers.
1: Okay. Right. Right. So, fans. Right. They're right? indoctrinating
3: fans. Exactly. Okay. Which are then going to continue to disrespect private property, which is, makes me feel just wonderful. I love that that function. There's now those- let me
1: ask you something else because you're involved. You were involved in real estate and maybe still are. What do you feel like when one of your buildings that you're trying to sell or get partners in or rent or whatever? Becomes defaced with something that you don't find necessarily aesthetically up your
3: alley, or that I don't find defacing. Um,
1: Do you have any? You're uh, like, oh, it's just no, stopped, you know, I it's stopped, just the universe. I like, stopped, who cares? I
3: stopped working in real estate. I did it to raise up money to open up galleries and to f- to promote the, the movement. But I I knew it was you know I was working with I was I was working on with the enemy. I was, you know, right. You're,
1: the, you're like, yeah.
3: So I figured, steal from them and give it to the to the writers. There's no other way I was going to make significant millions of dollars that I've spent, unless I went into real estate. But once I got into medicine, I just I left it. That was about twenty years ago.
1: So, did you ever think about joining real estate with graffiti in a bigger sense? That it was public and not necessarily you don't have to walk through physical doors to enter this, like, art space.
3: To, you mean to make legal, legal... Legal,
1: sure, sure, legal, um, sanctioned graffiti. I never,
3: never liked the idea much.
1: But, you, but yet, indoors, you don't mind it.
3: Oh, well, as long as it's going to create more crime.
1: But is it, necessarily?
3: Uh, oh, Definitely.
1: So you think when the that when come, your, p- these kids that are viewing graffiti art mm-hmm. are going to, like, go on to, like, become criminals, and that's a good thing? Yeah.
3: Okay. In this society, I think we'd, we're, we're I mean, it's like to.
1: our president's criminal. Yeah. I mean, we worship criminals in, yeah. in, in American society, in a global society.
3: Yeah, the only way to change a society is by doing that. Um, in what respect? Only people that break the law change society.
1: Okay. But it seems like our government just constantly breaks the law, and anybody who's sort of a bell ringer gets killed.
3: Yeah, except that they've always broken the law, right?
1: Right. Well, this whole country is like founded on slavery and all kinds right, of things. Right, shit. right, right. So, on, uh, you know, dehumanizing people and murder and, you and know. And
3: private, the most important thing is private property. Okay. Right they privatized all of these this whole continent right? right they privatized the people
1: um what do you think about what's going on in New York City that it is sold on the open market the open global market and it's not owned by actual Americans and that there are so many foreign investors in this city I don't
3: know how many I don't know I, I don't think we know how many
1: a, a lot, like most this area, of the this like
3: area, yeah. But most you see a lot of. I I look at buildings a lot, you know, just because that's it's a it's a it's a way to kind of analyze the economy also, because it's it's all in real estate. Whether things go up or down, when you see all of these stores empty, emptying out. On you Broadway. know it's a,
1: it's a nightmare.
3: Exactly. So. And most landlords are not Muslim. Jewish, Catholic church owns the most property. Uh, Chinese some, own all Chinese, of Chinese, all of some, Forty Second Street. Yeah, some, and uh, the, the Deutsche owns okay, a lot. Okay, there's a lot of. It's mostly Jews. Forty Second is mostly Jews. Mostly Jews. Yeah. So most of, of, and then who else is left? Uh, Italians, some um, Greeks. Greeks uh, more than you think. They're big on two-story garages, but this whole thing that foreigners own that—it's bullshit. Trust me, they own some, but not not like. Well, the, look if, at Columbia University; they own like well, Columbia. tons and tons okay, and so tons.
1: Columbia University—I watched it my with my very own eyes because I lived on 113th in Riverside in a rent-controlled apartment. Wow. Um. In the. Late eighties was buying every goddamn building.
3: It was the, the largest on real Riverside invested. in
1: yeah. the in the late eighties, and just slowly, just accruing mm-hmm. building after building until they own
3: everything,
1: everything, every like
3: everything. And or had an option. That's the other thing, because and then then there's eminent domain. Right? They just took over 17 acres between one twenty-fifth and one thirty-fourth. One thirty-fifth. They just took it. 17 acres of the city. How eminent domain?
1: So, in in and how do you prove that? How do you, you, you prove well, that this you, is your like your land?
3: Well, the president graduated yeah. from Columbia, Barack Obama, and he said that when the when the landlords were that owned most of the property in that area went to federal court, Obama made called or made a comment the day before the the decision that you can't stop the wheels of progress. So that shows you exactly where the where um, where Columbia's how influential Columbia is.
1: So your first like big public display of graffiti uh sort of for the new viewing audience was the Joffrey Ballet, correct?
3: Uh for the large yeah yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah definitely uh unless you're gonna count all of the news report stuff that happened before that.
1: So tell me tell me about
3: that. <sighs> uh, everybody that started interviewing us uh well, mid, it was
1: exciting, and, and so New York, and yeah, you know what I mean? Exactly. Mid-day. Giving a, a different voice to yeah. to people that were voiceless.
3: Yeah, we had the first article was New York Times on December 8th, 1972, and then there was another one three days later, there was a, there was that the Post was in there, 51st State, Channel 13, then it was... Two, four, five, seven, nine, eleven, thirteen. Eyewitness News. Eyewitness News again. Midday Live. All these shows were, you know, doing, United graffiti artists, and then came Joffrey, and I was a whole different, and I was much. he Was the cover of New York Magazine, and blah blah. blah. And then, then came the exhibition in '73. So
1: tell me, well, let's go back. Let's go back to the the ballet. Yeah, people were live painting, the artists were live painting on right. huge rolls of paper right. while the dancers danced and the orchestra played.
3: Mm, the orchestra didn't play, it was music by the Beach Boys.
1: It was music by the Beach Boys, yeah. okay.
3: So, um, yeah, that was uh, Twilight Tharp. She, she approached us and she wanted us, she wanted the guys just to paint the backdrop, and then somebody would come along and uh, roll over it. And I, th- I said, no, man, that's not acceptable. The guys don't want their work rolled over. So we we negotiated for five performances or six performances where the rolls would roll up into the, into the ceiling or into the whatever they call that part okay. of the stage. And then at the end, they'd be rescued. So, on the first performance, the guys were getting up on each other's shoulders, looking, looking at each other's work, painting on different surfaces, and while the dance was going on.
0: Mm-hmm. Right?
3: So, and then we got a call the next day that they can't do this. Oh, and then they sprayed the audience. Uh huh. And they danced at the, for the bow. They got like, I don't know, it was like 11 curtain calls or something. Okay. Fantastic. Next day, I get a call. Uh, They don't want them climbing on each other. They don't want them moving around. They don't want them spraying the audience, etc. So it was already a problem dealing with the dance world.
1: Well, I can't even imagine all those people not complaining about
3: the smell because (laughs) nobody gave because they were like
1: experienced real
3: culture. Not only that, but you know those those days people didn't. Really think about, about yeah the okay. environment or getting poisoned or anything. Oh, okay, you well know, you know they were, they didn't care about that shit. So we did the five performances then, um, and the Teamsters were up to they were up our asses all the time because you know they because they're if, a gang, they're graffiti. <laughs> uh, they're, yeah, 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 yeah. So they got they they decided to do six more performances, but hired the new people from SVA to do the next one, to do, so they said, fuck you, we don't need you, we'll just get SVA kids to paint the backdrop. Because I said, you know, if you want six performances, you're going to have to pay them double or triple what you paid them, this is like the head of the season, right? It's, you know, we can't do it. So then the next, that night, the kids from SVA came in, they said, fuck America, they wrote all this, this stuff, the Teamsters refused to work the next day until we came back. Okay. So we got the. Extra but like, fire. get these nice graffiti. Pieces. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right. So that's how that's how that went, and then it was like you know, yeah. So everybody was starved for the first year or two years. Okay. And then it just it died. For the next generation, or the next, or the next four or five years, when the galleries picked it up. Okay. And, and then they invented what was already invented. We had gallery shows in 73. We had, was it, that was a huge show. They sold out. The guys sold out before we even opened.
1: This is the one in Italy?
3: No, this was in Razor Gallery in Soho. In, in Soho, okay. In 1973.
1: And then you had um, a big show in Chicago. And tell me about it that. Was,
3: it was big, but it wasn't big. The 73 one in Soho, that was a big show.
1: Well, how was graffiti perceived in another urban?
3: Chicago, they didn't give it. They didn't know. They was didn't like, know. Was there was, like, so there
1: was no sort of graffiti there. There's a big, big gang culture there, but they weren't spray painting there? there? was
3: only a big gang, big gang culture there. There was the, we went, we were in our neighborhood where we were staying at. It was the Black Stone Nation. Then there was the Young Lords. Up, up in the uh, wherever, up by uh, Division Street. There were tons of gangs, but I remember the the Black Peace Nation. Yeah, but c- there was no graph in the 70s, seventy t- four. So when did, we did these
1: that? writers now, being in another city, want to paint graffiti in a new location? Were they like, Who? okay, the guy, the, like, because I'd be like, okay, I'm in Chicago, I gotta go bombing. Okay, bye.
3: Not a suit. Si- <laughs> not a single time. They didn't so – I, I wanted really, them to, but they didn't.
1: So so th- they changed once they sort of became legitimized. Like, quickly, they wanted to become artists. They viewed themselves differently.
3: No, no it's just that, you know, it's scary. Chicago was scary.
1: Okay.
3: You know, to go and paint uh, in right, Chicago. Right, in a foreign,
1: like, foreign yeah, land. And
3: then this guy, you know, this – Right, but the Black Peace Nation that. closed Chicago down. They, they had 20,000 members or something. They closed – the city down, they closed Lakeshore Drive down. It was, you're not, you're not gonna go over there and paint in their territory. Everything was so territorial. Daly had divided up the city into, with highways and everything into the Polish neighborhood, the Irish neighborhood, the black neighborhood, all of that. So it was the most ghetto, segregated, right. most segregated city imaginable. Right. The guys walked into a Polish neighborhood and Coco was with them, and he was light-skinned Puerto Rican. And these kids came, said, "What's a white boy doing with some niggers?" And it happened that Cat is Dominican and Stitch is Cuban, but for them they were niggers. And Coco said, "I'm not a I'm not a white boy. I'm Puerto Rican." And they had to run through railroad tracks, and they right. were yeah, They were going to get killed. Are ah, yours? Oh, ah, niggers and spicks. Perfect. It was like that. So I can't blame them for not painting.
1: Totally. And I mean, I remember the couple times I had gone to Chicago and I had hung out with graffiti writers. I was in a racially mixed group, which I'm used to being around, especially well growing up in New York and writing graffiti. And they said, well, if it wasn't for graffiti, I would never have... A Mexican friend, I'd never have a black friend, I'd never have a this friend, I'd never have a white friend, whatever it was. And graffiti to me is this weird unifying force that sees no color.
3: Isn't that yeah, doesn't that go for all art movement?
1: Does it go for all art movement? I think so, yeah. You think?
3: Yeah, it wouldn't be I mean, it's movement is You
1: think the impressionists were like, let's get some black guys in here? No, but do you know like, what I mean like or the like y- yes, I- in modern times, I think that possibly uh there were transportation difficulties and people weren't quite as mixed. It was more ghettoized
3: I don't know I don't know how different it was, say for somebody Dutch to be hanging with somebody from you know Italy. There was probably, a, you know, those were very foreign countries to each other in those days. Sure. And there were big borders and big differences in governments and all of that. So I think that the movement, the 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 that portion of the, of the that aspect of uh, and previous, cu- you
1: think like cubism was inclusive. Yeah, there
3: were a lot. You know, they, of course, they they had you know they would interact. Even I remember something where. Matisse and Picasso, that Matisse would make sure that his best painting was facing the door just to be able to, to irk Picasso to make him feel so inadequate, that he, you know? Right. So there's a lot of interaction, I know, between all of these people. They'd meet, the surrealists would meet, situationists would do. They're, yeah. And graph writers are people, that's natural, but, you know, to look for that.
1: All right, you have been accused by um some, you know, former I guess business relations of being racist? Do I want to say that or maybe it's not racist? Maybe it's uh No, it was pro...
3: racist. It's racist. It's racist, right? So or actually oh I I see because no Hispanics are not a race. So well, a they national-
1: are, but... The, uh, it's a nationality. It's a nationality. Um, you have been accused of excluding people because of their... Race. Race. Well, not and and or, of, uh, or... Okay. Um, of their upbringing. Let's just say, let's call it, let's just be so super vague.
3: Yeah, I, I, yeah I've been accused of, of a lot of And that
1: you have wanted to sort of perpetuate Puerto Rican artists... In a much bigger way than black and or white artist.
3: First, who who is it that accused?
1: Did you watch the Wall Writers? No. So it's a large group of people. It's Mike One Seventy One.
3: All right, let's all right, now. I it's got
1: Wicked it. Gary. I got a call.
3: Okay, I got a call from um from the studio where they were filming it. Well, actually, it started before that.
1: Because they go on in the movie to say that they wanted to interview you.
3: Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I got a call from somebody, I think Sasha Jenkins or something, and sent me an email. And I'd seen the work that he'd done before. I thought it was crap. So, and I said, and I knew it was coming from the director or whatever his name is. I, I forget his name. I honestly forget his name. So I said, uh... Oh, and I didn't like his books. I saw his books. So the world of graffiti, women and graffiti. It was like this. It's Roger na- Gassman. Yeah, it was like that National Geographic or something. Circus like. So I said, no, no. no. Uh, I I I I can summarize it by telling you to go to tell tell him to go fuck himself. Just you know, to make make it clear. Primarily because. I felt that he would be so full of himself that it would make him make all the wrong moves. Okay. Um, so I get a call from the studio. Uh, Joe says, yo, Ron, this guy's telling us to t- talk shit about you. Anything that he can do? I said, oh yeah. So what are you gonna do, Joe? He says, I, I don't know, I guess I'll, I'll do it, but then I, I, I don't know. Talked to Kay. Kay told me the same thing. This guy wants to talk shit about you. I said, Oh, yeah. What do you think? He said, I don't want to get involved in that shit. You know, I know what you did. I said, Oh, okay. So, well, then what happened in UGA is I try to keep this balance, but there was a point at which um, the, it was, there was black nationalism was really strong Mm -hmm. in the early 70s. And there was a feeling that, um, blacks were the more most important leftists, or the most important culture, and they in the voting and in selections. I always noticed that blacks stuck together, and the Hispanics would vote for anybody. Okay, you know they were like, "Oh, I, I like Raby, I like he's he's cool." They didn't care. So what happened then is UGA started to become more and more black because they were in the voting. They were they were solid as a constituency, where the Hispanics didn't really care. I said, well, wait a minute, there's got to be more of a, a balance other than this. I, I want an even balance. I try to get more. non-white. Essentially, there were about 15. But in the voting process, they were put, bringing in people, the black members, as well as some of the Hispanic members, were bringing in people that were second-rate. It's like, like WG was a second-rate artist. He wasn't like a tremendous... Graph writer, he was, you know, he it was WG. That's what he did. And I, 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 I thought, well, that, that's wrong, man. It shouldn't do it. Or the Hispanics would bring in some friend or something, uh, whoever it was. And I, I just, I didn't like it. It, it. They weren't up enough. They weren't original enough. Or um, women. I'll bring in Stony. Stony was like. Really, really second, third rate writer who got on, didn't even write. And why? Because it's, oh, because she's, and one of the guys said, oh, because she's got a nice ass. Well, that doesn't, that doesn't cut it, you know? So, slowly, um, because it became, I was careful about keeping the balance and i got rid of well mike 171 we got rid of mike and henry because they were toys simple as that okay they were just they were toys um and because they were people were afraid of them the hispanics didn't want to get involved because they belonged to the galaxies and the blacks didn't want to get involved with voting them out because they didn't want to be seen as being from the bronx which is the galaxy so it it ended up my being my just telling them that they're out. I couldn't expose my black members. Right, you to weren't
1: that. gonna pu- you weren't gonna put this on the kids. You were gonna right. right.
3: So then they showed up at my place to bum rush me at the at UGA. They came about twenty five thirty of them and just appeared. And I said no. So then no, you can't. This is not your place. So and I was by myself. A day or two after that, then. Henry came in, and had and I. They made sure that I was only with the black artists. Okay. So, because they were afraid that if they get involved with the Hispanics, they they were members of the Savage Nomads. Right. That the they town. would bring the neighborhood right. in. Okay. So then I'm stuck there with my black artists and the Hispanics coming in, and the first thing they did is they hit T Rex, then they hit phase and then meanwhile henry the real story is that henry's in the background yelling hit him hit him henry didn't hit anybody mike is outside because he's afraid he wasn't even in the space regardless of what the story was so and henry's yelling hit him hit him henry's puerto rican i'm puerto rican he's telling another puerto rican kid to hit me for some reason the bat breaks it's not because i'm strong or anything like that Although it could have been adrenaline, the bat breaks. I said, "Okay, let's sit down, let's talk." And what resulted was that they were able to have dances there and make some money. That was essentially that was the deal I cut with them. But so, where does the racism, the racist rhetoric, uh, rhetoric come from? It comes from primarily from WG and from Bama. Those two guys. Then I asked Bama to, I said, Bama, what? Said, no, man, I never said that. I said, I'll tell you what, why don't you put it in writing that you never said that, and let's put it out publicly, right, so that we can, you know, you can make, make good on your statement. He wrote it down, and then I said, you know, what the fuck do I need this for, you know? Right, you, know, you don't need to. I don't need to, to. Okay, you know, I don't need to. I don't need to do that. I, I just uh, because essentially, you know, people are going to talk shit anyway. Who cares, you know? I,
1: but a lot of the troubles came from. These writers feeling that they weren't getting paid or they weren't being featured in the in the same That's way. Bullshit.
3: That's bullshit. That's I got them. I got scholarships from Pratt. Gave them to FaZe. I gave it to Bama. I forget who else. I think FaZe and Bama, two of the black artists. Um, they never showed up. Huh? They never showed up. Selling. I never made a dime. They kept all their money. So, I mean, I
1: think th- I think they're. Th- you know, people don't understand how expensive it is to run something like this and have supplies that, like the perception my to mother, a young my mother paid for it right to like a young kid thinking that their stuff is being
3: sold. Eh, they got kicked out when the the, the ones that said that we were, they were ma- we were making money. It was Mike Henry and uh, and uh, Mike Henry and Jack. They were saying that we were making money. But the guys who really were in there who should have said something, they, they know that they... Because they had all the control. I'm, I made sure that they had a corporation called United Graffiti Writers, and they were the members and owners of United Graffiti Writers. I was not. Okay. That way, they, con- they had all the control over the checkbooks, et cetera. When the, the first exhibition, we sold out $18,000, right? Which was a lot of money in those days. And I didn't get a dime. The gallery got 10%. I negotiated the gallery for 10% instead of 50%. Okay. So that the kids could get the rest of the money. Right. So what happened is, you know, we're all sitting around there saying, uh, okay, like, you know, what's going to happen with the money? So they they voted for pres- the president. was phase two. Because phase was saying, yo, I'm going to take that money. I'm going to pay myself a boom blah blah, 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 And then they made, I think Coco was the vice president. Because Coco was not into that. He was like... I don't know yet, etc. cetera. So then I, I sat down with Faze and Coco, and I said, look, you, you're going to split up the money. Yeah. Especially it was on the, on, I think it was on the collective. That was it, $6,000. The rest they kept. So on the collective, we were going to split up the money. So I said, okay, so do you want any, shouldn't we buy it, some markers first? Oh, yeah, yeah, markers. Okay. I wrote that markers. What about Spray? Yeah, Spray. Okay. What about Canvas? Yeah. What about Jessup? What about this? What about this? when I when we finished the list? I said, "Okay, well, you got yeah." Like ex- here's a
1: here's a quarter. Get out of here because this <laughs> shit costs money.
3: I, I said, "This eats up your whole budget." Right. So, which is it? Are you going to stay together and be united graffiti artists, or are you going to take the money and blow you know blow it? So that was how. That was the first expenditure of money. But after that. All of the money went directly to the artists. I never got a dime, ever, ever. My mother used to give me her whole paycheck and say, this is for the boys. And that's how we were able to survive. If it wasn't for moms, I would not be able to do it.
1: Shout out to Mrs. Martinez. You know? um, Why do you think, really, it's the connoisseur that has to, like, seek out these early writers, this early graffiti uh, art, why do you think the public isn't sort of obsessed with 1970s early graffiti works? What's the or public? the American public? What is of, what
3: is the American public obsessed with?
1: Let's say they're obsessed with fucking cause. Or they cause. They
3: don't know who causes. American he, public. Who, what is it the American public, what are they enthralled by? Uh, the, Trump?
1: Yeah, Trump and the Kardashians. True. Thank you. Okay, so they're That's not a, really interested in art, right, basically, at
3: right, all. right, Money laundering, you can talk about, <laughs> can talk about how money launderers are interested in artists, graph artists that they can... Easily s- take money out of Japan and bring it into Europe or into the United States, or vice versa from Europe. I mean, into the, the whole art States.
1: business is money laundering, and it's all Correct. inflating prices and Correct. Uh, creating equity where there is none perceived value. And you know, yeah. it's business. It's not you know for the you know the love of the culture. It's no, you know to make to make money. Let's say the upper echelon of the public that is interested in art, they're very interested in consumerism. The
3: hundred people is what we call them. In the art art world, it's called the hundred people. It gets published every year in Art News. Okay, a hundred people. All right, there's a hundred people, of which five are buying contemporary art. I think the highest was 20. Okay. So the 20 people essentially control the art world. None of them own Graf. Not a single piece,
1: why do you think that is
3: because its it's hard to you know it's 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 hard to justify first, they don't have the pedigree okay right they didn't come right. they not they didn't come from the bourgeoisies from nineteen fifty up
1: so really, Dashno would have been the only graffiti artist to sort of like go correct. into that realm correct. and then he died, correct, you know, so young. Correct, and that he had like the pedigree, the, the lineage, the story, the wildness. He he was that guy,
3: and he had a source of information that he would he would be able to get it from, right? Because ear snot was a major influence on his work, of course,
1: and semen. I would say, like, I, se- I, don't, I didn't know that. Oh, I I feel like yeah. Simon si, um, had such a huge effect on Dash and um, it, musically, fashion. Sort of Dash changed so much after a meeting. I, I, never,
3: I was never impressed by his work. Simon uh, uh, Dash. Yeah. Oh Dash. I was, I was never not a big Dash fan. Yeah. Yes, not yes.
1: Yeah, your snots, yes. your snots, incredible. Yeah, he's a great, great um, artist. Dash, um, you know, he was testing and he was proving, test and prove, yeah. like, you know, because he also in graffiti, like, you know, this incredibly rich uh, society kid is coming and you know slumming it with,
3: yeah. It, uh, I know, it's,
1: but that's the, it's a bit boring. Is it a bit boring? For it's, me it is,
3: yeah. It's like kids, the movie kids. It's, it is the movie kids. It's the same <laughs> shit. You know, okay, I got it. You know, so rich kids are fucked up too. Okay, I got it. Yeah. But well, not, there's, a, I mean, I would say... Uh, it's not the same thing. My walking into Frantuzzi's house, the mother sleeping, is on the bed with his 12-year-old sister, next to her, and the mother turns around, and, and the, the daughter turns to the mother and says, Mommy, and she gives it, takes out a bag of heroin and, and gives it a, a, a shot in each nose, in each nostril. Not the same thing. It's not the same fucking thing. If you can be out of jail the next day, it's not the same thing.
1: True. But you're still expending... Eh. Uh, the energy, there's perils. He did a lot, a lot of okay. illegal graffiti writing. Dash.
3: I, I'm sure he did, but I'm not sure how illegal it was. If your parents can get you out of jail the next day, I'm not sure how illegal it is.
1: So what are your relationships? Okay, so we were talking about wall writers and the the movie and where they, they were... You know, saying disparaging things about you.
3: They, meaning some. Meaning, some, not Meaning all. Specifically, specifically, five, five right?
1: specifically five people. Specifically, right? Specifically five people. Who were put and, in
3: center stage right. because and you of their...
1: And you didn't want to give a counterpoint at all? No. Because?
3: Because it's a piece of shit. The movie's a piece of shit. The exhibition was a piece of shit. What am I going to get involved in that stuff for? Okay. It's like it's a sinking ship, y'all. Let it sink.
1: But don't you? Wouldn't you like to sort of cast uh, a light on th- that particular time, your involvement, and sort of set the record straight?
3: I, I walk with my own applause. Okay.
1: So why do you why do you think the early graffiti stuff is not valued at the same uh, in in the same way that sort of These newer, more contemporary graffiti artists are...
3: First by whom. Second, when you go to Europe... That's all they want. they want. want. Right, right. They They want the the
1: original... Because they're into history and into... Because this shit
3: is bad, that's why. And, And they also love the 90s stuff. Okay. Because also there was a kind of more of a... There wasn't Instagram, there wasn't all this. There was a direct relationship between the work, the environment, and your audience. It's the last of it. By the time the 2000s came along, they had a whole compendium of shit that they had to deal with, you know. And now it's like, you know, people pick spots, the social media spots. How come everybody pick, picks the Lower East Side and Brooklyn?
1: Because everybody goes to the Lower East Side. But not, like e- ev- what is everybody? Well, it's, it's uh, you know what, like I used to say, because I used to really, like, especially even in the 90s, I... Painted in the Lower East Side, yeah. I was like the king of the East Village or and downtown. Well,
3: that's a mistake
1: because the
3: whole rest of the city. Was... I, I did the whole rest of the okay. city, just so you know. <laughs> but
1: I felt like everybody from all walks of life came downtown. Not everybody went uptown. It was and a that, focal point, and that yes. right there. You went shopping there. You went out to uh, you know nightlife, whatever. You know, people wanted to come downtown to. Go to Pearl Paint or go where, wherever, right? So, in my mind, especially a young 20 something year old, I was like, everyone comes downtown. Not everybody goes to Queens. Not everybody goes to Brooklyn. Now they all go to Brooklyn because Whoa, that's like, wait, that's wait, the nightlife. Wait
3: a minute. Wait. That's the nightlife, no, this, this is, this is a Look, I, I was mostly raised in Manhattan. I know what, how arrogant we can be about sure. Manhattan is the center of the universe. It is. Because it is. Fine. <laughs> However, when you everybody means like nobody, come on, it was like a group of people, yeah, but you went out to Queens there was Queens was bombed, Brooklyn was bombed was
1: bombed, and there's there's also you know it's very geographic some you know Queens riders didn't leave Queens and I, I would say, I
3: would say Queens any one of the boroughs was bombed much more than Manhattan
1: well also the they 90s. were buffing Manhattan faster. Then they mm. were I don't know. Queens w- went through this whole like crazy the like cleanup thing and, all that shit, and- yeah.
3: but the Bronx it was they were everywhere. Everywhere. Uh. I remember not seeing shit in the Heights. Even right. though the Heights at the beginning was everything. Right. In the nineties you didn't really see that much in the Heights at right. all. Until like, I guess I don't know. There was some but not. It wasn't like the Bronx is murdered.
1: Because it also is a territorial neighborhood. You walked in that neighborhood. You were not from that neighborhood. You knew it. You Where? felt in the heights. The you heights? felt like your hackles right? go up, like people are watching you. And like, if you're not from here and you're right, they're chasing you out.
3: You know? I think it's, it was it's also it was a higher economic class. Dominicans, people think that Dominicans are, you know, like, no, Dominicans have a kind of a middle class mentality. You know the ones that came. They, wanted, they want to. They want to own a home in Jersey. It's it's a different kind of mentality. It's hard. It's, the Ricans were just fucked up back in the in the seventies. But
1: not anymore. Don't up. you see Puerto Ricans on They're the all come up? Dead.
3: Mm. You know, I yeah. I was in Williamsburg or someplace Prospect Heights, and I I saw two old Ricans sitting on a on a stoop, and I said. Where is everybody? You know, and the guy, one of them, he pointed at the phone booth. Oh, the jail! He's he's saying they call. You know, they're they in call, jail. Right. They're in jail. So it was different. Anyway, where were we?
1: We were talking about nineties graffiti and talking about uh,
3: how much they were appreciated yeah.
1: and how and well, you know, it's when I was writing graffiti in the in the late 80s and early 90s. I didn't really care to know about, like, the history as much as I care now about, like, the really, you know, and I was mentored by, um, you know, the RTW guys, and um, they basically were just like, it's over, girl. It's over. The subways are over, graffiti's over. It's a wrap. And who? Everybody. Who, who is, <laughs> every every
3: who was in RTW.
1: Um well I'm I'm Zephyr. This wasn't a Zephyr quote, but this was the general thing that people were trying to tell me like you didn't paint on subways. You are irrelevant graffiti's over, it's over.
3: Oh, that that was like an 80s stance, right? Right.
1: That was like a late 80s, right? Like 89, the last subway, last graffiti subway ran, and then that was it. But in May, ra- it was Raph done. But started
3: on the street. Didn't of course, start on graf- street.
1: Oh, right, graffiti started on the street, but yeah. then it shifted to the subways. And so when we were bombing back in the early 90s, we were feeling like this was the first wave of street bombing. Little did I know that graffiti started on
2: the
3: walls. Or that I, I think Vifer was painting in the eighties, right? He was, doing, sure, sure. he was doing street stuff in the eighties. Sure.
1: No, people and were o- doing people
3: we, right? Oh yeah. Yeah,
1: yeah. And Jaws and Easy ah. and and uh, They
3: were keeping it. Yeah. They
1: were they were, you know, the those Jaws gates were everywhere. Like but
3: I actually prefer it on the street.
1: I, I prefer it on the street. There's man. more
3: nuances, variants, shadows.
1: It's. I uh, mean, I, I
3: love some of the, the stuff on trains, but it's.
1: It also is sort of like signifies, like you know, it's like a like meet me on that corner, you know, right by there. Yeah. You know, it's it's yeah. sort of like is a street sign in some weird way, but. Um, it was like, we're the first wave of street bombing, but it was really the... the it
3: was. In the,
1: but was with throw-ups, with using, using moving away from the tag, now the throw-up oh. becomes more important than, mm-hmm. um, you know, the tag. Not, not really. The tag is still the most important, but the throw-up sort of uh, was like the animated tag or like the, you know... It was the art um, Hanna- expression, sort of. It was art bleeding into it
3: well, in in a in I, I a, would, in, a would, in a heavier I would, way. I would say it was Hanna Barbera. Okay. Right, like it was like cartoonish. All of the. Well,
1: look at my graffiti. It's completely yeah, 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 yeah. cartoon. Yeah,
3: yeah, yeah, yeah. So it became yeah animated in a way, and it covered more space larger faster so that it, it, yeah you got yeah your generation really took that to a, a totally different level
1: but there like there are some cherry picked in that group that are sort of in the upper deck
3: what's cherry picked
1: the cherry picked artists that are the ones that are showing who, who them? uh whoever Okay. The curators of culture, the
3: gallerists, the what gallerists? I don't
1: know. Is it's like, like Barry some, McGee and Espo and Cause. And, I don't.
3: I don't know how how much they've been picked if they're not in those those major collections. They've been picked on a certain level. I don't know how much they're selling anymore. I I see a lot of hoopla and bullshit, you know, and and the not only from the artists but from Artists that want to believe that, you know, how many times? Are they, oh, this guy's so successful. To make
1: your money as a living artist it's, is almost impossible. Come on,
3: and then the bullshit around it—like to dress a certain way, to act a certain Hobbit way, to and look to, successful, and to fucking
1: kiss up to these fucking rich and assholes, and to look
3: successful when you're not. You know, if you sell a painting, oh, I sold twenty thousand, and then I sold the thirty, and then I sold the twenty, and add it all, and half of that is the gallery and I was, Oh, so let me see over the last 10 years you made 100,000 150,000 Was that work out to like 75 cents an hour or some shit and you're you're the most successful Nah, 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 nah. 13 million dollars $13 million for that in Japan and the top 20 guys and the top 20 collectors are not buying it you know there's something funny about that shit and it goes to Japan then it gets sold by somebody who doesn't know anything about art and then the boss it's it's, a, it's not the same thing as the rest of the art world works.
1: So where does graffiti's future lie? Like, wh- where do you, or where would you like it to go?
3: Certainly not beyond the streets. I would not put it beyond the streets. I would like it to go, you know, continue to be on the streets. I don't see anything beyond the streets. The streets are the most, you know.
1: Beyond the yeah, streets. Yeah, they're like, you know.
2: <laughs>
3: <laughs> I, I like working, I think what we're doing with the kids, um, I see that the artists really enjoy it. I see a, a change in the artists. I see the, I can see kids They where they used to say, you know, used to scream at the door at the, uh, that they didn't want to come in. They're going to get vaccinated. Right, they're going to get a shot. Now they cry because they're taking them out. Oh. I don't want to go. I, I want to paint with, I want to paint with adult. I want to paint with. Whatever, you know. So there's a major change there, and, uh, yeah, like that. I don't see why these, why these artists can't work on the highest level. Uh, I consider them as talented. As
1: so a... why do you think they can't?
3: Well, they were doing it with us. We are you know, engaging. Uh, now we got Scuff is, is doing art therapy. He's going to get his master's in it. And he's working with the doctors who are working with high schools and getting kids with problems, uh, et cetera. And then that's spreading out to some of the other artists. And we're doing a study on the impact of graph and um, and the marriage of graph and medicine to see how it affects the the health of the community, providing evidence that it does. Okay. So that's another—we got a grant for that. If we can prove that that, that has a measurable result, positive measurable so result. So
1: are you going to make it graph-specific, or are you going to just make it like a, the overarching graph. art? graph. Okay. Graph. Because don't you feel like that any sort of— particular art form could sub in for graph? No. Does it have to be just to be graph? graph? Yeah,
3: for various reasons.
1: Because?
3: Well, because it's a movement and as a movement it's very well defined as opposed so that you can kind of keep track of it. It's 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 almost fascist. Right? We know who the best is, second best, third best. Although in the art world everybody knows that this Van Gogh is better than that Van Gogh. They say, oh no, it's, it's really, they know. They know that a Van Gogh is better than a uh, whatever,
1: in anything mm. basically, no. he's the best. But anyway, <laughs> um,
3: so where were we?
1: We were talking, I was asking why specifically graph? Like, couldn't oh, you just like oh, oh, sub yeah. in well, like also cartoon art no.
3: or you know, no, 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 these guys are like, you know, they're all working class people, the, the community is working class people, there's more. There's so and more of, of a
1: connection, right? Only, no,
3: not only that, but they also think so far out of the box. You know, they don't have all of the all of the stigmas of having to paint figurative art or or conceptual or any of that. They're kind of like, you know, they're
1: You think it's more freeing absolute, to paint letter forms? I think it's absolute, so rigid no, because you can't really get that loose. It has to be legible. You have to say that's an E. Has whether to be whether legible? it's uh, legible, sort of in in in, a, you know, maybe a more like esoteric way. Yes, it has to be legible. An e needs to represent an e in some sort of form.
3: Uh, then, you know, and the, and the, I
1: feel like it's not just this free, like um, you know, creative space where you can just get busy. You have to.
3: Uh, you got to judge it on a different level. Because it's you're dealing with the unconscious, mm-hmm. so it's a lot closer to the unconscious than most abstract art. Okay. Because it's dealing with your perception of yourself, right? And your reinvention of yourself. I mean, what were the impressionists trying to do, if not try to show that the way an artist looks at something is more real than than the the reality of it? Right. And here you have, as the Talking about the artist, and now you got the artist conceiving of himself or herself and how that's interpreted by the outside world. That's very abstract. That's very free, much more free than figurative or abstract art.
1: Hmm. How do, do you want to be remembered within this culture?
3: Instigator. I just want to make stuff that's interesting. I want to see people interact together and create stuff that they would never
1: So it's about community before. to you and well, bringing people together.
3: And And uh, it's about I would have to say it's about dialectics. Getting opposing views and parties together to create something new. So to bring in medicine and and graph, or design and medicine, design and graph, graphic design and math, at the bringing in a black writer with a white writer, a white writer with a Puerto Rican writer, a Cuban writer with a with a Irish writer. All of those diametric. That's why balance is so important to me, or imbalance. The correct imbalance is so important to me. Okay. That's, that's why I never wanted to have favor one race or one denomination or one none of that shit i wanted more jewish writers didn't have enough jewish writers
1: uh, sh- shout out to jewish writers hollered hugo <laughs> he's he's looking for you um <laughs> there's so many uh jewish graffiti writers there's so later many.
3: later there was later yeah
1: right maybe the in the early
3: the early i think was just killer and pistol
1: Kill, shout out to killer and pistol my peeps those are my peeps um well, I really thank you for this interview and and I thank you for for really sticking it to the man and um helping this culture get uh more accepted day by day and um mm. I mean you can look at the the global impact that graffiti has had and how it is this um, youth subculture that is in every corner of the world now.
3: I don't know if it's a subculture. Do you think so?
1: It's not. Uh, I mean, it is a subculture because it's not, it doesn't follow the rules of regular culture.
3: Was rock and roll a subculture?
1: Uh, rock and roll? At one point, I guess it was, and then. now not so much. Mm-hmm. Is hip-hop a subculture? No, hip-hop is culture. But isn't it wild to think now that New York City, what the output of New York City has on the world, and the reason why we think Manhattan or New York City, the five boroughs, is the center of the universe? Because it fucking is. Because I was just in Italy at a sneaker conference and I'm like, they're literally copying New York street fashion. This is all from New York. This is not from California. This is not from Texas. This mm. is not from Boston. This is some New York I shit. You, and it's I based got, off I gotta, I gotta, of hip-hop.
3: Got to interject.
1: Okay, let's hear.
3: Mexico is killing. we oh. got new styles coming out of Mexico in terms of graft. It's killing. Which means, because always graft first for, for me. Graph was before hip-hop. It's always the visual is the vision of what's going to happen. You
1: know, I was with this group of Chicano, Los Angeles, Mexican graffiti writers in the early 2000s bringing Graph to Mexico, going to like crazy places in Mexico and Mexico City, going bombing. They had never seen anything like it. And then I go back six months later, there's graffiti everywhere. Boom.
0: Uh,
3: Italy also very powerful, Paris, Taiwan. This it's like there's all of these places that we know we've.
1: But isn't it wild that all this shit comes from New York? It's crazy, and that everybody is looking at New York to decide what is new, what is next, what is hip.
3: Not in graph, not anymore.
1: Well, no, not in graph, but it originated here.
3: Yeah, it and,
1: did. and and I was, you know, I was there. Right, and with what's going on globally, you can sit back and say, "Like this is, this is from New York." You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Same as hip hop. Yes, and uh, you know the the world owes uh, New York and um, minority kids a, a lot of uh, debt culturally. You know
3: debt. That's interesting. That's your Jewish
1: side. Right? Well, the the Jewish side of me, they're in debt. We're in debt to to New York culturally. (laughs) Thank you so much. My pleasure. I really appreciate it. Take
3: care.
0: Head over to Hulu this March, where our new shows and movies will keep you streaming all month long. Catch the award-winning movie, Poor Things, starring Emma Stone, Mark Ruffalo, and Willem Dafoe.
2: Sorry, I missed that one. I mean,
1: yeah, I, f- I, f- you know, if we had the studio for longer, I would have just
2: stayed there. I, yeah, obviously.
1: I mean, I had, I on. had so many more questions. You know what I forgot to ask? That um, is very interesting. Is the Martinez Gallery Ltd Instagram is wild wild Brad where he puts out these really old photos and they'll be up for a few hours and then he takes it down or whoever does it. I'm not,
2: I see you got to really, but but I
1: I really want to like talk to him about his Instagram. I can't believe I like, I didn't because it's, um, I'm like, Oh, let me go back and look at that picture he posted and it's gone. And then I'll be Ah. like, Oh, there's only like two posts up. (laughs) So I'm curious what, what is the whole idea with that? Like, catch me if you can. But, you know, you can screen snap it. So now, you yeah. know, it's like the picture doesn't um, remain yours anymore. It's
2: like graffiti, man. It gets covered. It gets covered over.
1: Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's true. You're right. His Instagram is like a metaphor for graffiti. Hello. That's right. It's up. It's <laughs> up while you catch it. And
2: if you don't, it's gone. Yeah. Oh, tears, Brad. <laughs> 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 so, what is that? What it is? Martinez. His
1: Instagram is Martinez Gallery LTD. Instagram. His website is martinezgallery.com. And the address of the gallery that you can physically go to is 3332 Broadway, New York, New York. One zero zero four zero. Way up there. Way uptown, in Harlem.
2: Ah, nice.
1: Um, fascinating, fascinating
2: character. Yeah, go check all that stuff out. And it's definitely worth it, especially the Instagram. I'm gonna, I'm gonna and
1: start. I'm and you know what else I forgot to ask him is like, what is he going to do with all those photos? Like, what, where, where,
2: are, where are they? Where are they, they
1: disappeared? And where are they going? <laughs> Are they going to the Guggenheim? Are they going
2: to like where are they? He's going? keeping going
1: it, to, maybe they go to the museum. He's of keeping it
2: so real that he destroys the photos after he takes them down from Instagram.
1: That is, you know, as much as I could have a giggle with that. That is just goes like now graffiti has been relegated to a fucking photo. Right? It's like the wall is not important. The photo. The the. Square no, I, of your damn photo. No, yeah, yeah, I know. Is the the whole value of it? It's so whack
2: attack. Yeah, but yeah, but you still get the graffiti tourists. You see them. I used to see them in Brooklyn all the time at rubber tracks because that was a, there's a couple of cool avenues over there. That we're covered.
1: Yeah, that's. I mean, tourists. that's like the motherland over yeah, there. Yeah, yeah. So for like street art, graffiti tourists,
2: people that really care.
1: Yeah. Um, if anybody wants to hire me for a graffiti tour, I'm walking again, and it's about oh, a thousand, so a thousand awesome. bucks for an hour. For you, a-
2: <laughs> do you have a mic? One of those microphones that you wear on a backpack and hold in your hand.
1: Can you help me out, Brad? I need to start this business. Here with, we
2: Brad. are at uh, this is. So it's you can't see it anymore, but I I did this awesome piece here in '96. <laughs>
1: imagine i just took them to like all my old spots that are like clean (laughs) and then just pulled out the photo and then we're gonna
2: okay everybody Okay, now we're gonna go to beauty bar and have a cocktail feel free to buy me a drink
1: i need a double decker bus um yeah 2020 man that's my new my new shit
2: Gold mines graffiti tours. Alright, we're gonna set it up. We're gonna make it happen. A thousand dollars per person. I'll go get the website <laughs> right now.
1: <laughs>
2: but uh to
1: keep up with Claw. To keep up with me, you know, I'm on all the socials at Claw Money, at Clonco. We're making lots and lots of new fun stuff. Um, which is which is great. And you want to keep up with Brad?
2: Going off track, going off track.com, soundwag. At Soundwag, yeah. Brad, Yeah, Brad's, Brad's. He's,
1: I mean, I, I don't know if anybody noticed, but he's posting.
2: <laughs> 2020, <laughs> there's my resolution. 2020!
1: <laughs> um, shout out to Bubbles, as always. We love you.
2: Acast, Allie, thanks for hooking up the sound. Allie,
1: you're the best. For real. Steph, Allie, Tim.
2: Tim. I it's guess. our posse. It's Kay. <laughs>
1: Let's roll. Let's get it. Let's get it. Get it.
2: Keep it real, 2020. Let's
1: get it. (laughs) (laughs) All right. And to our audience, we love you. We'll see you soon.